0: to this week's episode of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your host Mortz, and I am joined by my very handsome but very sick colleague, so Dan. Dan, how you
1: doing buddy? Mate, I'm overall I'm pretty good, thanks Terry. It's good to see your face of course. Uh, apologies for the lack of energy tonight, I'll do my best. I've got a horrible bug that's going around. Uh, not not the bug that's wiped the sharks out but uh, something something not quite so good. But uh, mate, I'm good, thanks. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, look, can't complain. These podcasts are always sweeter when we uh, when we get a win. You know, obviously our listens go up when we lose, but uh, the conversations flow more when we win, so...
1: Absolutely. All those, all those people listening to hear you and me ran, whenever Chad played a bad game, our ratings were through the roof. Now that Nico's playing well, uh, people don't care, so it's good to hear.
0: Now, before we go into it, speaking of Chad Townsend, he has been called into the New South Wales Blues camp tonight, and... You know, I, I can't hold it against him. He's playing some terrible footy in a good team.
1: Look, yeah, he's not—he's not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination. Now, of course, I'm—I'm I'm on a fair. I think it's fair to say I'm on record as saying not the biggest fan of Chad ever. Certainly in the top. Well. Bottom five, I'd say, to be totally honest. Look, Chad Townsend's been called up for a couple of reasons. Uh, he won't play any part in Origin unless there's 15 men come down with COVID, which which may happen. Who knows? Let's fucking hope not. Um, he's been called in as an experienced head. He was he was available, and he can come in and train and do no damage. Whereas, of course, if they went to a, a Mitch Moses, who's playing this weekend, It's disruptive. And for a play, I think he's twenty-first man or twenty-second man, it's completely pointless. So he's there to lend an experienced head, which you can't, you know, you can't really say is a bad thing. He is an experienced bloke. You know, he's he's not a guy who will be out on the piss. He won't be a guy who's going or, you know, let's go get up to nuisance. He's the perfect guy to have in and around the camp. So congrats to him. Uh, I don't want to see him in a New South Wales jersey even warming up because he hasn't deserved that. But in saying that, he's not having the worst season ever. So, uh, so I guess congratulations through gritted teeth. Uh, well, there they are.
0: I really, really, really hope that Cleary and Luai get COVID so we, you guys run out <laughs> yeah. with the Townsend White in
1: combination. Look, I saw your eyes light up when Chad was named um, as a Queenslander, of course. Very, very happy. Won't blink this week. Uh, mate, I couldn't think of much worse than having him run out with an Origin on the line, although we've run out with arguably worse halfbacks in the past. So. Yeah,
0: Trent Hodkinson for one.
1: Yep, Origin winning and shark legend, Trent Hodkinson.
0: Correct. Uh, now, let's, uh, let's talk about winning the Cronulla Sharks, uh, 18, defeated the Canterbury Bulldogs, 6, in some of the most horrendous conditions you have ever seen before. Um, you know, you didn't go out to the game. I didn't go out to the game. I stayed nice and dry in the house. I was pretty wet at the end of it. But uh, what did you make of it, then?
1: Look, overall, it was another win. And we now have three wins in a row. I was a little bit, as we said on the Outlaws a little bit what what if this was a better team it wasn't a better team we beat the team in front of us and as you correctly pointed out we conceded one try with a second to go before half time by you know a well a well done kick otherwise we didn't really look like we were going to concede a try and i mean the bulldogs came in averaging like 36 points or 32 points something ridiculous the last two games so to hold them to a solitary try is pretty good I thought our handling was was terrible in the first half and very, very good in the second half. So overall, I give them a definite pass mark and then some there. The discipline, though, was utterly disgusting. And I know I'm going back to what I said I wouldn't do and saying what if it was a good team. Anyone better than the Bulldogs punishes us on that day for those stupid errors. So as I'm sure we may see tomorrow night, unfortunately. So look, I'm very happy. It's three in a row. you got to win these games. You know, win ugly, win... By forty, who cares? At the end of the game day, we won, and as you said, we conceded four, you know, or well six points, but one try defended really, really well, which is what we called for last week for our defence to improve. So overall, mate, I'm I'm pretty happy. I don't, you know, I, I look I look at the game and I look at the conditions,
0: and I don't I don't necessarily buy into the whole what if this was a better team what if this was the Storm or the Panthers or someone else? Because let's face it, the weather threw that out the window. And it didn't matter if we were playing, you know, the 2000 Broncos who are probably the best team that, you know, the NRL has ever seen.
1: Other than the 2016 Sharks, but yes. Let's be real on this one here. So
0: I don't, you know, I think the elements bring it back a little bit, but you are right. You know, if, 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 if this is a you know different game under different circumstances, but that same performance. But that said, you know it was a slow track. It was a it was awful. You know when when Moylan picked up Kyle Flanagan for the second time and threw him into the ground, he like he threw him into a step of a swimming pool. That's how much water was on the floor. <laughs> so you know let's let's talk about this now. Both teams had forty three sets. Uh, the Bulldogs completed 34, we completed 31, um, three tries to one, three conversions from Nico Hines, he missed a penalty goal, uh, this is this is where it gets um, really, really interesting here, is that we had 182 runs, they had 172 runs, and we made nearly 500 metres more than them off 10 runs, so um, offloads, you know, the dogs got us in their offloads, we got them in line breaks, Jesus you know, we, we love making some line breaks. Uh, both had the same amount of kicks. The board kicked more. Now, this, this was an argument that someone had with me. I, I tweeted on the weekend that Nico Hines' boot is better than Matt Burton's boot. Mm-hmm. And I had someone come back and go, you're dreaming. And I said, well, well what makes Matt Burton's boot better than Nico Hines' boot? And he said, oh, can, have you not seen those torpedoes? And I said, okay, but we didn't make a mistake. We didn't make a mistake off that. We didn't drop one of them, you know, and he's like, oh, but he kicked for more meters. Well, that's because we pinned you down your end because Nico Hines kicked smart on the third or fourth tackle, kicked him behind, stopped it before the try line. We pinned you down and Matt Burton had to click, kick the ball 60 meters. We were starting our sets 35 meters out from our own line. You guys were starting your sets five meters out from your line. Here's the difference. Nico Hines' boot is better because it's smarter, because he's smarter. Yes, Burton's got a bigger boot. I'm not denying that. I never said that, you know, he can kick higher or further. I didn't say that. I said he's a better kicker, and that's my proof right there.
1: Well, mate, bigger's not always better, and that's something I've clung to, you know, since yeah. puberty. So, um,
0: Absolutely. Now, for the for how bad the conditions were, we only missed 30 tackles.
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: That is really, really impressive. 16 errors isn't impressive. We have 11 at halftime. We made five in the second half. What was impressive is we gave away five penalties in the first half. We didn't give away a single penalty in the second half.
1: Much, much better. I'd say I don't think that's a coincidence. Sir Fitz would have got him and said, "Oi, what the hell?" I don't know. I don't know what got into them in that last 10 minutes in the first half. They just seemed like they they were happy to to drop the ball and tackle like it's... for 10 minutes straight. We didn't get off their own line.
0: It's one of those things in sport, though. It's like, you know, you talk about momentum, right? When you get momentum, it's hard to get rid of it. When, when you're making error upon error upon error, it's in your head. You're like, the last time we had the ball here, we dropped Ah, oh, fuck, I've dropped it. The last time we had the ball, we dropped it. Ah, I've dropped it again, you know? So it's one of those things there. But I want to talk about something really, really impressive here. And it's our back five again. And I know we talk about it every week. But our one to five, all made over 100 metres again. Not one bulldog, one to five, made over a hundred meters. Mm-hmm. Kiraz was the only one who got close. He got ninety-three meters. Shup had seventy-seven. Ado had forty-two. Mm-hmm. Avarilla had forty-one, and poor Casey on debut only had thirty-two meters in the game that he's hopefully forgotten.
1: Yeah, look, it's you know, it's a horrible what happened to him, I and mean, you know, there's going to be better debuts. There's been worse debuts. I think Justin Hodges was right up there. Not a good day for the young kid. A very, very difficult day to debut. I don't know. You know, the coach, whoever was coaching that day, he's got to take a little bit of credit for that because it was uh, it was disgusting weather, as you alluded to earlier. That's pretty good, though. If you said to me pre game that Addo Carr's going to run for less than 50 metres, that is ridiculously good. Because we pointed out, we singled him out last week as one of the two players, the other being Burton, that we were worried about. And that combination specifically... I can't remember once them worrying us through Addo Car.
0: And this this is the thing, is that uh, as, as stupid as it sounds, but in conditions like that, everyone's got the same speed.
1: Yeah, you can't go because, fast.
0: Yeah. Because Addo Car could not get around us and we could not get around Addo Car. Now, Wade Graham <laughs> made a break down the side and he looked like a, a 40-year-old horse. Yeah. Trotting down the sideline. Veteran play, though, to dive infield.
1: Yeah, that was Bruin. That was... What was he doing out there? I think, I think he was
0: he, having a breather.
1: Yeah, and they go, well, here you go, make 30 metres. That that was vintage Wade Gray, mate. Bruin's
0: stuff. Now, we're talk, talking about... Let, let's stick with the wraps for our players that we've got here as well. CC Vitalikai continues to just... Produce, You know, people online, because he doesn't score three or four tries or, or make all these breaks, to turn around and go, well, apart from the Manly game, he hasn't really done anything. Since the Manly game, he hasn't run for less than 150 metres.
1: He's topped our metres three times. I've been keeping tabs on it. And our mate Guru <laughs> went out of his way to make that point.
0: And, and, and so I was arguing with someone on, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest Jerry Marnie fan, but again, we got into an argument with a Roosters fan who turned around and said, Jerry Martin is the complete player. And I said, why? Because he makes heaps of metres. And yeah. I said, well, Talcoa makes more metres. Mm-hmm. Talakar does it at centre. He doesn't need to go to fullback to cherry-pick his stats. He does it at centre. Makes 186 metres in those conditions. That's unheard of.
1: Yeah, very, very good. He's, he's become an absolute weapon. Look, it's getting hard to, you know, at full strength. Maybe he is a centre for us.
0: I, I, I keep saying this now, but... Look, one, two, three, four, five, six we had nine players hit hundred metres. Now Wade Graham, fair enough, we've said that he cherry picked thirty metres off the run and about fifteen meters off that sliding field. Wade Graham was hundred metres, Dalfunukin hundred and four, Malotalo hundred and eleven, Toby Rudolph, best game for us in a very, very long time, one hundred and sixteen metres, forty-three tackle was two misses, we're gonna miss him on the weekend. Nico Hines, 121. Sione Katoa, 134. Jesse Ramion, 171 metres. 11 tackle breaks. Will Kennedy, 173 metres. Incredible game from him. CeCe Vitalikai, 186 metres. Let's talk about Jesse Ramian right now. Oh, let's. People are only going to remember the game from Jesse Ramion because he gave away a penalty on the second set of the game and turned the momentum around. They're not going to talk about the great defensive work that he did on Josh Adokar. He's 171 meters. He's 11 tackle breaks. The fact that he was a constant threat all game. The fact that that pass from Nico Hines to Siarani Katoa. Josh Adakar ran infield because he was he he swore blind that Jesse Ramion was going to get that ball,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Katoa got it. Hey, but we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna remember this game from Ramion because he gave away a penalty in the third minute.
1: That's it. The big negatives outweigh the, the massive positives. That's just human nature, and that's what I was gonna say. We got a mate, Braden, who well, we not really a mate. He's someone we know. He's a cocksucker. There, there you go. Who points out that Ramian can be the best player in the world and the worst player in the world, all in a couple of minutes, and I begrudgingly agree because this is a bloke that can give away that penalty. Then they go up and he hits him, hits the player, causes a ball, the ball to change over. Then he breaks five tackles running it back. Ramian on his day is destructive. And he wasn't even particularly great this weekend, and yet was still very, very good. I want to see a Jesse Ramian. Just I know, I know, it's just it's like asking to see God, Terry, or you know, a West Tigers win. It's a win, it's never, it's never going to happen. We're never going to see this bloke rub all that shit out. It's just part of his game. But if he ever does. We'll be talking centre-of-the-year stuff if he puts it back-to-back-to-back to back to back in a couple of ways. A month straight of Jesse Ramon at his best is so good to us. A couple of weeks ago, we said perhaps maybe it's time to drop him, to give him time. He's undroppable. He's just straight-up undroppable. He can throw in the ball, and can change the game in one play, and we need those players. But, my God, that penalty early on. He's looking at the ref. The ref says, Jesse, Jesse, release. Bows the penalty, and Jesse throws his arms up to say what. It's like, mate, I heard that, and I'm in Cronulla. You idiot, stop
0: and, 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 I mean, you couldn't even really blame it on the crowd because all the crowd had moved on to cover by that time, and you couldn't blame it for rain on the roof because there's no roof at that stadium, as evident by the fucking swimming pool they were playing.
1: It just, it was, it was dumb. And the Sharks, I've long said, it's in whatever they put in the jerseys or the pre-match Gatorades or whatever they have. We are dumb.
0: Yeah, look, we're, we're getting... a. a Display from Jesse Ramian. You know, people turn around and go, "Where's Where's 2018 Jesse Ramian?" This is it. Yeah. This is 2018 Jesse Ramian. He's defending better. He's breaking more tackles. He's making more meters. He has more tries. assists in 12 games than he did in 20 games. Yeah, look, Ramian scored 10 tries that year. He scored three this year. You know, he he's been suspended a bit. He can probably still catch that up now. Like this is the Jesse Ramian that we saw in 2018 that we wanted. The only thing is now is that it's just he's he's got a little bit of dumbness in him that he needs to get out. Now he had that in 2018 as well. I'm just having a look on Jesse's profile here right now. I'm just bringing it up here. So Jesse Ramian gave away eight penalties and and had 11 errors. So it's not as if you know he was he was perfect this year. He's got his eight errors and he's got his eight penalties. Yeah. So he's on par for 2018, <laughs> Jesse Ramian. Like we're not. We're not far off it. If he had a couple more tries at this point in the season, you'd be going, this is his best ever season.
1: That's true. Does that take into account the six agains, though? Because there's probably 145 of those.
0: No, it doesn't take into account six agains or the three times he's been put on report or his yeah. two simbins and one that should have been. It not?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a, all the, semantics, mate. Semantics, they don't matter. Look, Ramin's, Ramin has been far from our worst. star. Uh, I'm not worried about it, put it that way, but I am worried about the fucking penalties. And it's not just him. Brayley has got a penalty and a six again in him. And I'm getting sick of this, laying all over the boat and looking back at the ref. The ref doesn't have to say get up. The player, the onus is on the player defending to get up and allow the ball to be played. Now, the ref can give guidance, you know, held, dominant, or get up. But it's getting to the point where every tackle, we're laying on the boat looking at the ref. And the ref's just going six again, six again, six again. And people online in that last couple of minutes of the Bulldogs were going... Oh, you know, the ref this, the ref that. He had no choice. He's lucky he, we gave away three or four in a row. It's lucky we didn't have someone sitting down.
0: Yeah, now, I did see that. Someone turned in and said Cronulla gave away four six agains in, or four repeat sets in a row. Why wasn't anyone put in the bin? The reason someone wasn't put in the bin is because one was played at with a kick and the second one, we knocked the fucking ball on on the line. We gave away two penalty six agains and two errors. That's why no one was sitting there. Yeah. we were probably pretty close I'm going to say this now I'm the same as you I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the players looking at the referee and looking back to see what they can do there are only two players in our team that can get away with that from the referees from laying on them a little bit longer and that's Aidan Tolman and Dal nugan and they do that out of their reputation of not giving away penalties not being on report every second week not giving all you know and, and being respectful but if you're Jesse Ramian or you're Blake Braley at the moment, the two guys with targets. I'm like, seriously, make you tackle and get the fuck up.
1: Yeah, just get up and let them play. Ultimately, though, Terry, we're too, we, we get caught in the negatives because it is very, very frustrating. I would say we still haven't seen an 80-minute performance for going on two months. And everyone was saying we were in a lull coming in six wins in eight games or, or four and six or something, and now five and seven. Well, if that's a lull, mate, I'll fucking take a lull every now and then.
0: I'll take a lull as well. Yeah, look, it was it was you know the, the the pregame. I don't know what they I don't know what they pay Fox to do for their uh, analysis, but the pregame was all wrong from Fox turning around and saying that Cronulla won't play expansive football in the rain. We've had two soaked games this year, and all we've done is throw the ball around like it's a hot potato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it was you know Cronulla in bad form. I get, I get it. I get we didn't put in a good performance against the Titans, but if we were in bad form, that's a game we would have lost. Yep. Now, this performance here, you so said we, we didn't get an 80-minute performance from Krala, and you're right, we didn't get an 80-minute performance from Krala, but we got a 79-minute, 55-second defensive performance from Krala, because that's the kind of defense you want to see. Now, a lot of people are getting caught up on Will Kennedy. He made a tackle on Matt Burton that if he didn't make, it was a try. And Jeremy Marshall King got out of dummy half, realised we didn't have a fullback and put the kick in. The onus on that play there is uh, Ronaldo Molitolo should have been infield more than he was, um, but you can't blame that on Kennedy. He was at marker because if he doesn't make that tackle, Matt Burns scores under the post anyway.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a good good thing. there uh, Jeremy Marshall King's one of the most underrated players in the game. He has just become a new player since he signed for the... So you know it's good to see the dogs get and let another one go, which is fun. Yeah, look. He, Every time someone uh, scores from a kick, you blame the fullback. It's just it's just knee-jerk, whether he's in the defensive line or not. Now, there's a line of thinking that he could have got out of marker real quick, but with one marker, Marshall King goes under the post and scores. Yeah. You're not going to stop him. So, yeah, it was one of those things where you'd, you'd hope, say, a Moylan or a Hines or a Ronaldo saw it and dropped back. But if Marshall King sees that, we got one over on the right. He puts it out wide and they score. So we were kind of on a hiding to nothing. It was just one of those things. But... It's such a shark thing to play so well for so long, completely lose momentum. Again, I go back to it. When the opposition's holding the ball and we're not, we can't We can't get the ball back. We can't get momentum back. As soon as they drop the ball and we go, okay, here we go, we fucking got him now, we just roll over the top as we saw in the second half. We could still be playing now. The Bulldogs aren't scoring another try. They, they made, what, maybe one half break or something in that second in half? second half, yeah. It's so overall, mate. That was a very, very good win against a side who, you know, conditions aside, have been bombing teams off the park for the past fortnight, and came in on the back of their best player having a career best game for New South Wales. So his confidence would have been through the roof.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the thing as well is that since Ben Potter has taken over, the Bulldogs have scored over twenty points a game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not as if they don't have points in them and they don't know how to use them, but one of the things that the dogs really didn't adjust to in this game were the conditions and their forwards just had no idea what to do because they couldn't roll us because our boys were like All right well, we're playing stuck in the mud here we're, we're staying on our legs and we're, we're hitting and we're sticking and you ain't moving because there's no leg driving here from you so you've got to get creative for it so if you have a look at like The runs that toby rudolph was making before the line he was spinning or he was twisting or it was a bit of late footwork or you know he was getting himself to an angle but the dogs were just they were literally running at us and our boys were like cool let's put that wall in you ain't getting anywhere what i mean by this is that okay Corey woodell had a really really good game he made 172 meters paul vaughn has been averaging 130 meters this year only made 93 meters Josh Jackson made seventy-seven. David Pangua Junior seventy-two, but he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't there wasn't a hell of a lot that the dogs offered from us. And in that turn, there we didn't really tire ourselves out in these conditions. Like we weren't the team that looked tired. Yet we looked like we were doing the team more with the ball and defensively.
1: Yeah, you're right. And look, the Bulldogs have two modes of attack: the Pangua Junior offload. Which we largely stopped early on. Yeah, he did get injured, which is a shame for you know those of us that have been super coached, but he he didn't he wasn't tearing us up. Like his meters are good compared to the minutes he played, but he was on and off. So you there was something wrong there, you could tell. The second thing, and this is where I think the hype came in and helped us, they framed it as though Matt Burton was the second coming this weekend. And that his boot would cause so much havoc, and it was all about just rock it up for five get it to Burton, he'll kick, we'll drop it, they'll score, they'll win by 40. That's pretty much what they told us would happen. We made one error off a kick all day, that one that bounced up under the posts, and I think Moyler might have knocked on or Renato or one of the, the smaller blokes knocked on, and then we got the ball back off the, off the kick. That's incredible, even in daytime, like bright sunshine, middle of bloody summer let alone a cold winter's afternoon where it was pissing sideways. So that goes down to the boys. A back three that couldn't catch, yeah, the Bulldogs probably do win because he was kicking it halfway to Uranus, and it was coming down. So, you know, let him let him hype up the bloody storm tonight, that it's all about one player. We stopped that one player. It might be about Brian Pappenhausen just between us, but let's hope he's been hugging Nico Hines for the past couple of days and pops tomorrow morning. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think the boys shut him down. Matt Burton had a fantastic game last Sunday, a below-par game this week, perfect for those of us that support the Blues and the Sharks.
0: Yeah, um look, Benji Marshall before the game turned out and said, "Look, you know, Matt Burton and Nick Hines are two of the buyers of the season." Mm-hmm. And you know, he said that Matt Burton has been in better form over the last month because of his boot. But that doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. You know, Nico Hines is doing more he's he's running more, he's engaging the line more, he leads the league in line break assists, he has more try assists in the last month than Matt Burton does yeah, ok, the, the dogs get a lot of opportunities off his boot but as we saw on Saturday afternoon and in those conditions, Will Kennedy had every right to drop every single one of those bombs and he, he only let one bounce mm-hmm. now what that's just shown there is if you're going to catch that ball, well what if they got
1: Nothing. Very, very little. We, we exposed and, him.
0: And, and, you know, there was there was a part of me watching this game that was going, any minute now, the dummy half is going to ignore Matt Burton. We're going to rush up on Matt Burton, but he's going to go the other side to Cole Flanagan and there's going to be an overlap. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you said Jeremy Marshall King has been in great form, but a couple of times, and even if you have a look at were panning out to Matt Burton... If he had dummyed to Matt Burton and went to Kyle Flanagan, they had like a six on three. But yeah,
1: that's just, that's where the lack of belief comes in. It was all about Matt Burton. Now going back to Kyle Flanagan, I thought he played well, but he had to scrape himself off the underside of Matt Moylan's boot. My God, he had a personal vendetta against. Now there was one shot. that was a hospital pass. I think Burton threw a shocking ball, and Moylan's eyes no, lit. Yeah, and Moylan's eyes lit up, and he said, I'm going to smash this motherfucker, and he smashed that motherfucker. But that first one was just textbook Moylan. Now, there was a couple of times – he idiots again on Facebook. I know, I know, Daniel, you idiot. Don't go on there. Matt Mo- Moylan had this – coming into this season had this aura of, oh, he's slow, he's injury prone, he can't tackle. Because those couple games at fullback where 300-kilo forwards ran at him and he, you know – He's on one leg and he couldn't plan himself and he got run over. Okay, that's fair enough. This is a different Matt Moyle. This is a different beast. This is a bloke who signed a two-year contract and we had to sign him for two years, such as his form. So for him to go ahead and take that six-on-six six or that six-on-seven personally, and he won that 10-7. I mean, anyone that saw that Isaac Hardman knockout that circulated the other day, that was the second biggest pounding of the week after what Moyser gave Flange.
0: I'm surprised you haven't put... You know Moylan planning it I, on that video.
1: I tried. I couldn't get the um thing on. So um, Moylan's legs. If you're listening, hit me DMs, mate. I need you for something.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, we, we've got to talk about Matt Moylan now and his form. Look, he's he's been fantastic the last month. In fact, he he's been our best player in the last month. Again, he got the man in the match on the weekend, voted by. Sharks fans online because of those couple of tackles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Personally, I think Nico Hines was the best player, and I I gave him my three points on that because his kicking game, he controlled it, and he was involved in the game for 80 minutes. Um, Moylan popped up in the places that he needed to. Obviously, he belted Flanagan. His kicking game was okay. He got, you know, he marshaled the troops a lot. and He did a lot of good things to get in there, but Hines, for mine, his involvement, he was just everywhere in that game. But Moylan... Deserves that two-year contract now it's from what I've been told. It's a very very friendly contract It's less than $400,000. It's $375,000 a year um, And the second year for him to earn his money is Dependent on how many games he plays next year to then tick over into the year after What it also does as well as it gives us two years to look at Fla- uh, to, gives us two years to look at Kate Dykes mm-hmm. Gives us two years to look at Braden Trindle and it gives us two years to look at the market as well Because with Moylan being on a friendly contract like that, if a player becomes available and you turn around and go, you know what, he wants to sign with us for four years and he's an incredible player, Moylan's on a friendly contract and teams are going to turn around and go, we could probably deal with that as as we're trying to rebuild. So um, I'm okay with it. I mean, would I have liked it a one year with a one year in the club's favour? Probably. Um, but, you know, from every report around is that now the club gets two years to really put themselves in in the Cade Dykes basket or put themselves on the market. So I'm cool with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely agreed. Everything you said I 100% agree with. Cade Dykes showed some signs for those that didn't see the Jets on the weekend of being a superstar in the making, but very raw. Raiden Trindle ran the show for the Jets, um, as you should as a halfback. But, I mean, Dy- Dykes is there as a second option. He played very well, especially late on in the game. So... Certain, you know, I I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say this kid's got something, so it's not going to come this year, it's not going to come next year. As
0: you said, Braden Trindle as well, he's the one that's going to get the shot tomorrow night. He's going to play halfback, and this is the reason, you know, and and it was good for him to go to the Jets on the weekend because if he had only played nine minutes against the Bulldogs and then we're asking him to play 80 minutes against the Storm at halfback, probably not ready for it. He's gone and played 80 minutes at the Jets, got me in the match, scored a try, kicked a 40-20, did all the right things, put in a couple of bad kicks but, you know, didn't shy away from the challenge, went back to it, put in a poor kick, and then was like, you know what, I'm in the same spot, I'm going to get this kick right this time. So, Mm -hmm. absolutely perfect game from him defensively. That guy's a beast as well. So, I'm happy he's going to be running the show. Like, I'm not happy that that Nico's not there, but um, part of me wished it was more than they got COVID, so we could have seen a Heinz-Trindle combination just once. Um, But look, all in all, I, I mean, I know the emotion of the day when you've come off that game and especially in the first half, like it was such a diabolical first half where the conditions aside, we were poor for those conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the dogs weren't that poor. We were poor for those conditions. And when you come away from that game, you turn around and you go, man, like we could have done more. Or we should have done more. But for mine, it's exactly the same as the Titans game the week before. If we go and win that Titans game by 40, we go into this Bulldogs game a lot more relaxed, but you can tell now like we're we winning, we're not winning well, so there's more for us to improve on. So this challenge against Melbourne, you know, the elements still aren't good. We're without players, they're without players, we're without our star half, they're without their star half. Like it's this is gonna be a game.
1: Yeah, it is gonna be a game. For those that haven't heard, of course, we're going in without Nico Hines, which is a real shame. Toby Rudolph as well. Um, with uh, Fafita coming in the starting line which is which is good, and, and Ueli and Trindalyn, of course. Um, unfortunately, I won't be there. Sickness and weather. Sounds like most people are erring on the side of, hey, this is a Channel 9 game, so we'll watch at home. You know, it's party pies, maybe some beers. Don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. Good luck to those that are travelling out to Sharknado 2. But if I was fully well, mate, I don't think you could drag me away from this. This looks like a game. As we said off air, Cronulla have gone out from like a dollar sixty to about thirteen dollars with Nico out, which is one hundred percent fair. Best player in the game, you know that's that's absolutely fair. Oh, I don't know which way this is going to go, mate. We could go out and lose eight six, or we might win twelve ten. What I do want to see though is us to break tradition and wear the black jerseys in the wet because we're undefeated this season, as to my knowledge, in the black jerseys in the wet. And I'm very well, superstitious.
0: The, black juice, the, wet, the only problem is that Melbourne are wearing their dark purple kit, so we can't wear black.
1: Don't care. Fuck them. <laughs>
0: the, the other thing as well is we're 100% wet weather, Nico.
1: Oh, see, this is a real test. A real test. But, you know, uh, look, as bad as it is to say, look, Nico, he's obviously the player you don't want out, especially in a game with the Storm. I don't care who they put out. The Storm is a storm. Even their juniors are fucking good. In terms of him missing a week, now, Vossi did bring up that it could be a nine-day thing, which would rule him out of the Cowboys, which would be horrendous. I'm not 100% certain on that. I'm waiting on clarity. I believe it is seven. uh,
0: It's already been said tonight that um, the seven-day protocol will rule him in for the Cowboys.
1: Fantastic. I love that. But in terms of games to miss, okay, Nico being there or not may decide this game. But if he has a week off, you know, he's technically immune to COVID for a couple of months. I, I don't know how much I believe that. We guess we'll see. You bring Chindle in. Okay, it's going to be shitty weather. The Storm are missing a whole heap of players, and their backline's not great. Our best player has a rest. You know, it's not ideal, but could be worse, is all I'm saying. It's a shame to lose Toby, but again, I don't think he's missed a game in about two years. So, he another always, one. He
0: always misses the last game of the season. Uh, always rest him in the last uh, round. There you
1: go. Well, he won't get his 26 and 26 this year either. But, but what I'm saying is it's not the end of the world because Hamlin knew early back and I I get the feeling that he probably wouldn't have come back tomorrow. I think that's fair to say. If I don't, yeah, I, one don't to I, I heard that
0: he was he was still two weeks away. But
1: Yeah, I think this is – got to go. But, you know, if he wasn't ready, they would have just put Hazelton or Colquhoun in. So, Says to me, he's ready. So, you know, it's going to be scrappy games. Can come down to one play. You know, you'd rather have nicker there than not. I don't want anyone to take that out of context. But in terms of games to miss, Terry, I'd rather him be fit for next week than this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not as if, it's not as if the, uh, the, the, the Storm aren't missing their players as well. You know, Harry Grant, Cam Munster, two of the top ten players in in the league are out for them. Um, Felice Cafusi divide's opinion, would've have, would have been out for this game for origin anyway, but he's overseas with his sick father and um wish you all the best for Lee's. We know we're mm-hmm. gonna listen to this. Um big fan. And then you know, they've got Christian Welch out injured, they've got um Rama Smith did yeah. his peck and then Reed did his peck.
1: Bad one. He usually tears us up.
0: Yeah. Xavier Coates. Yep. Love scoring a try against us. So you know, you have a look at you know, the the, the storm lineup, and let's talk about this. Pappenhausen, okay. Um, Anderson and on the wings. Our wingers are better than theirs. Seve and Olam against... Uh, Connor Tracy is matched up against mm-hmm. Marion Seve. Yep. So that's Jesse Ramian on Justin Olam. So that's, that's good. a good battle right there.
1: That's a scratch, yep. Nick,
0: Nick Meaney's is their six. Matt Moylan's in better form. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Hughes against Trindle is a mismatch. But then have a look at their forward pack. Uh, uh, Asafa solomona Smith and Bromwich. Bromwich is not the player that he was. Um, Nelson not a big minute player and then you've got the other Bromwich Lewis and King so like our back, our, our backline is arguably on par or better and our forward pack can match them
1: yeah it's, it's
0: just about it's just about how disciplined we are tomorrow. it
1: is if we hold the ball and we don't give away stupid penalties we can beat this storm team even at full strength you know we always drag them down into a you know it's a dog fight it's never a real pretty game i mean the grand final is the best game of all time but it wasn't an expansive game by any stretch, so... No, look, if,
0: if that game between the Sharks and, and the Storm was around 16, you'd never watch it again. No,
1: no, spot on, 100%. It was very just... The better Jeez. team just got, you know, got home. So I'm expecting much the same tomorrow, especially with this rain. Now, it is expected to be a little bit nicer tomorrow, but in saying that, you know, this is a biblical flood, which sucks. And it is raining currently in my um in my bedroom, so I am sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Sorry to give away trade secrets, but uh, yeah, I made. I'm, 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 confident. Even without Nico, I'd be a little bit more confident with him. But um, look, this but game could come down to a gun.
0: It stops raining at one o'clock tomorrow, according to the weather app.
1: Yep. Yeah. What well, starts again at one o one?
0: No, there's there's no rain until full time.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. It might so be we could, um. We
0: could have we could have a really wet field with good conditions.
1: Okay. I, I mate, well there you go. I'm I'm up for whatever tomorrow night. I'm gonna be sitting here with my water and maybe a salad at best. I'm excited, Terry.
0: Yeah, now look, we you know, our back line, Will Kennedy, Milita Katoa, Jesse Rammey and Connor Tracy, obviously because Talakai is playing State of Origin, Commiserations because you 'cause you're gonna be on the losing end of that origin series.
1: I disagree. Um,
0: agree. and Trindle in the halves, and then we've got Royce Hunt. Uh, Blake Braley and Andrew Fafita. <laughs> now, if you had told me at the beginning <laughs> of the year that Royce Hunt and Andrew Fafita would be our starting front row in any game, I probably would have said, well, I hope it's against the Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> It's against the Melbourne Storm.
1: <laughs>
0: Surely Tolman starts.
1: Yeah, I, I think Tolman comes in. I think Fafita in was just a uh, a red herring, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, look, maybe we see Ueli start. I wouldn't, but I... I wouldn't, I wouldn't start Ueli. I dare uh, say it might not be Fafita.
0: No, and then, the, you know, the back row, Britt Nicora by Graham and Dale Finerkin. Now, speaking of Britt Nicora, today he is announced he has re-signed for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts?
1: Better than it is bad because I find myself yaying Brit more than I do booing or naying Britt. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, his upside is, is magnificent. His good games are very good, and he's a genuine match winner. We've seen it before. We've seen games that he's just, Britain's just woken up and chosen violence, thought, fuck you and run riot. We don't see it enough for mine. Put it this way, in a year and a half, we'll know, and I know this sounds fucking stupid, we'll know whether we made a good decision or not because he'll either be a rep walk-up or he'll be one of those things where we go, and God, I wish he went to the Tigers. I'm leaning towards the former. I think it's a good decision. But I'm not willing to. I have party poppers to the side, Terry, but I'm not reaching for them just yet. I, I'm yeah. You? My my,
0: my biggest issue with Britton Cora is that he doesn't do enough. And when he when he does get involved, it's the same thing. It's just a suicide line. You know, he runs he he runs a sensational line, but he runs the same line every time he runs the ball twenty meters out from our line. And that's when Britt Nichola really wants to get involved, like rocking it out from our end. You barely seen. Okay. He averages ten runs in eighty minutes, which means he has one run every eight minutes. It's not enough for a guy like him who can be distracted. Now I know he's not really army kick out because he's not six foot four and one hundred and six kilos or whatever it is, but for fuck's sake, you're bigger than Will Kennedy.
1: Yeah, run or the ball more
0: than <laughs> bigger than Will Kennedy you're a lot bigger than Sioni hmm you know like my, my the biggest thing for me is that Britton Acoria on his day can be one of the most devastating back rowers in the game but you know when you're talking about him on his day it's still only a small sample size because he doesn't he doesn't take the runs you know he doesn't he doesn't do like the Teague Wilden dirty shit, or he doesn't do, like, what 2021 Jack Williams was doing and going for two runs in a set, like, you know, and it's not him. What he does do, though, very well is he holds the defensive line. Now, it's unfortunate that the guy to the right of him, Jesse Ramian, has a snap and sometimes can throw that defensive line outwards, and then Nico Hines is pretty good for a missed tackle. So, you know, he holds that right edge really well, and I, I like that part of Britain and Cora, but there's just something, like, you know, he scored
1: that try on the weekend against the dogs, and you just come away from it, and you just go, more. Yeah, do it again.
0: Fucking more.
1: Yeah, do it again.
0: More Nakora. Like, give me 14 runs again. Yeah. I don't care how many meters. Just, just, just give me more involvement and not the suicide run. Like, you know, help your teammate out. Don't make your 70-kilo fullback take the third hit up because you're a lazy fuck. Like, get in there. And take that fucking – like,
1: just give me fucking more, Britt. Give me more, Britt. Give me more. Look, I – you know, I don't like comparing players too much. Let me preface that. He reminds me a lot of Bakuya, and I would like to see the Bakuya come out of him. But I think if you need a boat running for your life in his prime, I'm taking Bakuya. I want Britt Nakora to be Bakuya at his prime. And, I know again, I don't like, you know – He's, he's not kick out, but I don't like comparing players. But he can be a very, very good player because we've seen it. That's the frustration. It's not like he's come out and he's a, you know, name any Tigers player. And he shit every week and puts in one good game every so often. This is a bloke that, you know, every third week you're looking and going, oh, why, why the fuck haven't we signed him? The other week you're going, oh, God, I can't wait to he goes to the Tigers. And the other week you're going, oh, I don't know. That's not good enough for a starting back rower. You need to be saying two games out of three, my God, I'm glad we kept this kid. I'm hoping he was distracted by this, as bad as this sounds. And now that he's signed, he just comes out and thinks whooshka and just goes back to the, his debut year. I think what he's got going on the right is very, very good. If he and Ramian are the two players, if they click, we could have what we had with, you know, Lewis and Bird. And Bird. Yeah, like that. I mean, ultimately, that's what you want. Obviously, it's a premiership season, but, but the like, talent even, is there.
0: Even if you gave me, like, an Audi Luke Lewis performance, but Louis was still giving you 12 or 13 months. Louis was still taking a run inside our own half. Like, I don't care. He's not Luke Lewis. <laughs> no. But there is more to Britain the Acora than what we're seeing. Now, he's 24 years old. He's going to come into his physical and athletic peak, and I get that. We're, we're going to get – we're going to – You know, bear the brutes of going into his peak, and we'll probably keep him. Like he's a guy that you look at him and you go, "He's a shark for life."
1: Career shark, absolutely.
0: But you don't want to be at the end of it and just go, oh "God, he's been here for 13 years, and what the fuck has he done?" Like, yeah. Like what? What is it? Like like Sean Ryan? You know, Sean Ryan was one of my favorite players, but when Sean Ryan left the club, you're like, "Am I sad?" Yeah, he left the club. (laughs) Like. Chris McKenna, like, I don't know McKenna played for Queensland, but there were some dreadful Queensland teams that he played in. But you were like, when he left to, to Wigan, you're like, oh, if I'd known, I probably would have chipped in half his airfare. Yeah, it's... But then when you're handing that money over, you're like, I don't really want to do that, you know? So he's, yeah, I don't know. Britton Core is like one guy who... I don't know, it's just one one week I'll be like, I'll be blowing everyone's messages up going, Jesus, this is the Britton Accor we want, I'm glad we kept him. And then, you know, apart from that try against the dogs on the weekend, I was like, well, if you went to the dog if you went to the Tigers mid game, yeah, would, would you have noticed?
1: It looked probably not. And this look, put it this way this guy has the talent for us to be here this time next year, absolutely applauding this re-signing, trumpeting it as the bargain of the century. I want to be here in 12 months talking about that and not talking to, still on the fence because he's what into his fourth year now? Third or fourth year? And we're still talking about, oh, you know, it's a good signing, but it's not great.
0: You and I, apart from our new signings, right, you and I both agreed on five ultimate fits players. And we said, obviously, the ultimate fits player was CeCe Vitalikai. Mm-hmm. We couldn't wait to see what he's done with Blake Braley. The answer is not much at the moment. Britton core was another one of those players. He was an ultimate fits project. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not project dead or project failed at the moment, but what's the end game to this project with Brit And when are we going to get this more consistency? Like, when are we going to get the beginning half of 2019, Britt? When When's that coming back?
1: Well, look, hopefully tomorrow night it starts because if he fires in the run into the finals, I think we've only got eight games left. If he plays five games like we know he we can, we're a better team. So, look, ultimately and, I, I am happy about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, look, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you turn around and you say now... Oh, I wish he'd gone to the Tigers, or you know, if the if the Tigers had got him. But then when he goes and puts in these performances from the Tigers, and we're scraping for a back row, should we have kept McCall? Like he's one of those players. Um, and when you think about it, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one—he's in his fourth year with us now. Like he, he you know, he's going to hit a hundred games soon. It's you know, not many players get to play hundred games, and he's got the he's got the added advantage of at least you know another seventy-five under his belt. Yeah. With that three-year deal, so you know he could be almost a 200-game shark at the end of this next deal. But you just don't want it to be turned around and going 110, 110 games. You're like, they were shit. 40 games are okay, and 35, you're like, Phew. you know, what could have been. Like, and I get it. He's in. He's in the New Zealand squad. He's a, he's a, he's a talent. Mm-hmm. We just need to see more of it because. You know, again, you got Teague Wilton sitting on the bench, just going, "Let me play."
1: You know, you got Jack Williams coming back, "Let me play." Like, you yeah. yeah. you got to find spot for Talakai too. Look, ultimately, I think that Brit and Teague can be there for the next seven, to eight years. Like, we we've built a. I know Melbourne and Kafusi and um, Bromwich have had that same back row for as long as I can remember. That's what we put, have the potential to do. Now, I'm not saying they're necessarily going to be those players, but they could be. I think Teague Wharton's arguably better than Bromwich in terms
0: of what well, I mean, they can if, be. If you have a look at those players, as you just said there, that was a perfect example because Felice Cafusi plays for Queensland, Teague Wharton can easily play for New South Wales, Bromwich plays for New Zealand, Nakora plays for New Zealand, so Spot we've on. got we've got the making of that for the next day. Like, that's our back row sword.
1: Yeah, it's it's done and dusted and, like, and that's Williams exciting.
0: Jack Williams is only
1: 24 as well. Spot on. So it's very exciting. I'm... I'm... Pretty happy with how things things are going. Now with with Kafusi, the incoming Kafusi, I rewatched the Outlaws earlier and you were you were very quick to commend him for getting in the stink. He started that stink. He got in, he pushed, he threw the ball and he threw the, the first palm away. He's a shark in the making, mate. I'm excited. Yeah, for for those of the, you
0: know, who are keeping tabs on him, like the minute we signed Eric and Kafusi, it just came out of nowhere and <laughs> everyone was like is this a good sign? is this a bad sign? this is a signing that Craig Bellamy makes and in three years time he's playing origin or you know playing rep footy and you're sitting there going Fucking why didn't we sign like this is a fantastic signing mm-hmm. now on the on the weekend against the um the Rabideaus he had 18 runs for 167 metres like that's what we need monstrous that's, yeah. that's what this team is missing at the moment and they were tough runs as well um 24 from 26 um Tackles. He tackles at around about ninety-two percent. Um, didn't uh, he had two tackle breaks and an offload. So he's not known for his offloads. But you know, this is a guy. Like you're talking about it next year. Like what's going to happen with Fafida, or what's going to happen? This is what. This is what's going to happen. I'm excited about Oregon Kuthusi. We're one, one big name forward away from having an almost perfect pack. One. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, we're. A, this is a real. It's a team that has a crack. I mean, Toby Rudolph is in great form. His best two games have been his last two. Royce Hunt, again, on the weekend was very good. And, I mean, Hunt's not even a player that's going to make our first 17. You know, Fafita almost killed that bloat. He changed the game when he came on. At first, he looked slow and he was crabbing. And then, I don't know, someone from the crowd must have said, Oi, Fafita, you're fucking done. And he took that personally because he turned into peak 2016 for Fafita. Now, given you only get a minute or two of it, whereas you get 60, 70, when he was at his peak, but he came on and just skittled their forwards. That's another bloke who's not making our first 17. Colquhoun was amazing for the Jets. Another one that's not even in our top 25. So this pack, mate, is starting to, starting to grow on me, put it that way.
0: Yeah, and, you know, like, uh, yeah, you have a look at our pack, and I, I think... You know, you answered the question for me the other day, and I know we've got injuries. But who drops out of the team when Bhu and Williams come in? Obviously, we're looking at Feeder and Tolman. I don't want it to be for Feeder and Hunt because I think we're a better team when Royce is when Royce is there. Now, you know, he didn't have the same game that he had against the Gold Coast Titans, but much different conditions. I and mean, obviously, remember this guy had that bad knee injury, mm. so he still hasn't had a full season under his belt. He's only had one preseason, and it was limited, and He's, you know, he's only just about played to see. He only played three games last year, so yeah. you know. But eight runs for seventy meters from Royce, and he made eighteen out of nineteen tackles. Like he just adds a different dimension for us, where we're turning around and going, "All right, we need an enforcer out there for thirty minutes. Go nuts, Royce. Go out there and hurt someone." It's a good stint. And next year you're gonna have that with Oregon. Like I think Oregon Kafusi is like levels. In this pack, like he takes our pack to the next
1: level. He's only twenty-two. Yeah, it's freaky good. This is this is one of the low-key signings. With yeah. with Hunt though, mentioning him real quick, he's dragging three or four defenders just to the pure size. Now I don't know whether that's the gravitational pull of those biceps and back muscles, but this dude is just mm-hmm. like he's just growing every week. I don't know it's frightening because he's massive. His performances this time next year, I think we talk talking Royce Hunt as. Well, not a for-feeder, but a for-feeder light, if that makes sense, in that he comes out and just bashes people 15, 20 minutes, goes, puts his feeds up, has a coffee, you know, eats 15 people, gets back on there and does it again. So, mate, the excitement is true. How do you think we'll go tomorrow yeah. night? What's
0: that? How do
1: you think we'll go tomorrow night?
0: Look, I think uh, if, it rained a lot more, if it rains a lot more during the day, like the more water that comes down, the more confident I am, I, I was... Going to say we would win if Nico was playing. I think now it's it's flip of a coin. You know, head says head says Melbourne, get us. Heart says Cronulla are just going to, you know, turn this into one of them ugly, ugly games. This is, you know, this wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if this is the game where Wade Graham plays 80 minutes across the field anywhere and just follows Jerome Hughes and knocks him over, like just pushes him over every time he kicks the ball.
1: Yeah, fair enough. a pain in his back because...
0: Like, every time you kick the ball, if you get pushed over, you've got to get up. You've got to run down the field. You've got to go back and make your tackles. And, and Munster's not there tomorrow night. So directing all of our traffic tomorrow, Jerome Hughes should be making 30, 35 tackles.
1: Absolutely should. Well, Munster was the difference last time we played him.
0: Yeah. So Jerome Hughes, you know, he's got to know. Where, one, he's got to know where our forwards are at all time when he goes to kick that ball. Two, he's got to top the tackle count for them.
1: Absolutely. Right. I think I think um, Pappenhausen's chest will be sore because we'd be peppering it all night. Trindle, we'll see his kicking game tomorrow because Moylan's probably not going to kick. The ball's going to be like a brick tomorrow. It is disgusting down here for those people not in the Shire. Even if the sun comes out right now for 24 hours, that ground's still going to be slotty as shit, which means a wet ball is going to be heavy. We've just got to pepper Pappenhausen all night. He's quick. That That comes back. I don't think he's as quick as he can be in those conditions. The ball's going to be heavy. Let's just pepper him all night and send Moylan on those kamikaze runs just to knock him over. If you give away a penalty too, whatever, let's put this guy on notice, take their two best players out exactly like we did against the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, and this is this one of the things as well, now is if you can drop a bomb five metres out from the line with a good chase, you have every chance of sliding them back into the in-goal area. Oh, on. It, it's, it's momentum. You know, And they're probably thinking the same thing as well. Look, mm-hmm. we've got two of the smallest fullbacks in the competition at the moment. Don't be surprised if there's low-line dropouts. Um, as I said, head says Melbourne are probably going to just have a bit too much for us. But my heart says Cronulla are going to turn this into an absolute dogfight. It's going to be a shit game to watch. Everyone will be blowing up online. We'll be singing up, up, Cronulla. And uh, how about Moylan?
1: How about Moylan?